Hey friends, my name is Drew. Thanks for joining us for this podcast on the ancient spiritual discipline of fasting. It was Phyllis Tickle who said this. She said, Fasting is far and away the most misunderstood, most maligned, and most misused spiritual discipline. And here's the thing. I actually think many of us can relate to that. And so over the last few months, in our minds and in our hearts, we've really wanted to actually come to this discipline and learn more about it, learn what it is, and learn actually why we do it when we have all sorts of food and water at our disposal. And so last week we started this journey around what fasting is. And we took a couple minutes actually just to distinguish between fasting and abstaining. I know many of you guys right now are probably abstaining something through this season of Lent, this 40-day journey to Easter. Some of you, it's coffee, and God bless you because it would take a lot for me to give up coffee for 40 days. Others of you, it's social media or Netflix or whatever. And that's beautiful. I think there's something amazing, and we think there's something amazing and beautiful about abstaining and posturing your heart towards God when you feel the impulse to go to earthly things or things like, again, coffee or media or social media or whatever. But there is a little bit of a difference between fasting and abstaining. Fasting, we learned last week, comes directly around food and water. Fasting is giving up food and water for an extended period of time. And so we wanted to kind of clear the muddy water on exactly what fasting is. And a guy named Scott McKnight has been a great help to us in his book, Fasting. But the other thing we did last week is we just took a few minutes and looked at a history of what fasting is. Like, why did the people of God in the Old Testament and in the first century around the time of Jesus, like the early church, why would these people fast? And we learned ultimately that Israel fasted for three major reasons. One, in preparation for Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Two, they would fast as a spontaneous response to something bad that would happen in the community. And three, they always tended, Israel did, to fast in response when God was dishonored. Then we learned that when you get to the first century, the early Christians, the actual rhythm around their fasting was was that they would fast twice a week. It was actually a fixed regular fast twice a week from sunup to sundown. And so when I began to learn this, I said last time, this totally began to reshape the way I viewed things. Because I was around a lot of people who would do 21 days of fasting and prayer, or some of you maybe have heard like a 40-day fast, depending on how limited that is with food and water. But we've learned and I've seen through history that regular scheduled fasting actually became a fixed feature in the life of the church. And man, this totally like actually blew my mind a few years ago when I learned that just like prayer and other disciplines, fasting was something that was fixed almost something that drew the early Christians into a rhythm, like a weekly rhythm. So now that we've kind of laid the foundation of that, I think we need to think through some reasons why we would fast. Like why, again, with all the food and water and really, for most of us listening to this, with everything at our fingertips, why we would do something so crazy like enter into this. So here's the plan. Over our remaining weeks up until Lent, we're going to talk about seven reasons why we would fast. Now, I'm sure there's more, but these are really seven things that I've leaned and even gleaned from guys like Scott McKnight and others as to why we would do this. 
And so we're going to take the next number of weeks and talk about these seven things. And then the very last week, I'm just going to share a few practical things that I've stepped into and and in many ways stumbled into and some practical things about fasting that I've learned in my short journey practicing, practicing this. But first, why would we fast? Well, here's what I want to take and just look at for the next couple minutes. And it's this. Fasting is an act of whole body worship. Fasting is an act of whole body worship. We tend to have a little bit of a problem in the Western church. And some of you may be listening going problem like singular. You're thinking problem problems, plural. But, um, you know, one of the things since the Enlightenment and even the Reformation, there was so much that good, so much good that came out of the Reformation. And, and then obviously Enlightenment shaped Western culture and society as we know it. One thing through that was we became very analytical. And there's almost a very analytical posture now in the Western church. You know, we are thinking people and a lot of emphasis is put on how we think. And that's actually a really good thing. But the problem is, is that the intuitive side of living is often neglected. I would say this, and maybe this is a far reach, and you can totally disagree with this if you want, but a lot of times in the church, we're more shaped by dualism and Greek philosophy than we are the scriptures and the kingdom of God. And so most of us have been shaped by dualism that believes ultimately, and this was very big in Greek philosophy, it believes that the soul is good and the body is bad. I think it was Plato who even his infamous quote was, is that the body is a prison house, prison house for the soul, that ultimately the soul is this thing to be desired, but the body is actually the thing that kind of gets in the way. I know that's kind of like being simplistic, but for time's sake, I think you are kind of getting what at what a lot of people have shaped and fashioned in their minds. And this has really shaped the Western church to a point, I think, where we, we kind of devalue the body. We don't think through that body worship has actually always been part of it. And I'll just say this, this whole dualistic idea has never been the Christian position. And so a lot of us don't see the connection between our spirituality or discipleship and following Jesus and what we practice. We don't see the connection between that and our bodies. But the problem is, is that the people of God have always done spirituality with their bodies. Always. We're to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I heard one person put it best. They said, you don't have a body. You are a body. And even if you have what I think is the proper eschatology, it's interesting how essential our bodies are in work and in worship. And if you read the scriptures like uh, I tend to read them and you get a glimpse of eschatology and the end of all things. And when Jesus comes and returns to renew all things, one of the pictures we get is that we're not just floating souls off to heaven somewhere, but at resurrection, even though our bodies are mortal in this current state, our soul and our body, our resurrected body will get put back together. So there's even a story here that lasts way longer and into eternity. But most Christians I know in the West don't really put much emphasis on the body. And yet, fasting has always been a way that we bring our entire selves into complete expression with God. 
And here's the thing. Uh, I, I pastor a church that's primarily millennials, is what it is. This is the kind of the age group and community. Uh, I mean, we have people in all age groups, but the primary age group is millennials. And for most millennials, we're very intuitive, right? We want to practice. We want to get our hands dirty. And I would even go deeper with that and say part of our worship involves not just the ascent in our minds, but it involves our bodies. And so fast just is really simple. Why why would we fast? Well, I think fasting is actually a way that we engage in worship with our bodies. And I honestly think the church needs more of this. So when you do this in a rhythm... And when you practice fasting and abstaining from food and water over a long period, or, or sorry, over maybe not a long period, but over a period of time, one thing you're doing is you're pushing your body into worship. Not just songs with your mouth, not just hearing the scriptures and having your mind develop. Those things are really important. But the body has always been a part of this. And I actually think if the, for the church to move forward, we have to be more intuitive with our practices. And this is what fasting does. It doesn't say that your soul or your mind or your body is all disconnected, but these things actually work together. And especially as we endeavor to follow Jesus in the ways of his kingdom. And so fasting is a way that we bring our entire selves into complete expression. And the more I rub shoulders with people, the more I begin to see that most of our Protestant upbringing has been very centered around the mind. And yet I think it's James K.A. Smith who would say we're not, and he echoes the great church father Augustine or Augustine by saying, we're not just brains on sticks, we're lovers. So bringing our whole body into worship is such an important thing. And this is what, this is actually what fasting does. And this is one thing I've learned. It's a weekly reminder for me that when I do this, that my body is actually a part of the way in which I worship God. I think it's Father Richard Rohr. It is. It's not, I don't think. It is him. He says this, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. And it's so true. And so the one thing I just want us to think through as we talk about fasting as an act of whole body worship is, are you somebody who worships God with your body? Like even that question alone is probably pretty uncomfortable for some of us. And yet it's always been part of the way the family of God, the people of God have worshiped him. And so fasting is an act of whole body worship, bringing your body into worshiping God. I hope this has been helpful. Again, we're going to develop this more over the next number of weeks as we talk about why, why would we do this? But for now, would you contemplate and think through actually your body and how it's used to worship the king of the universe. I hope you can join us as we continue this discussion further. But in the meantime, brothers and sisters, have an amazing week.